0: Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in mind. For this week's episode, we're going to hit the second half of our chat with Malcolm Shepard from Green Ronin. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked a lot about um, the upcoming Fantasy Age Second Edition. Yep, yep, and cool. and age as a system in general. And yes, and age and and, I'll, and I and I have we have stuff to talk about during the GM corner for that. But um, now we're going to get into discussion, and it's a fascinating one where we're going to hear um, we're going to talk about the um, Orc License Alliance
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and the Open RPG Creative License that Green Ronin has signed on for, yep. and some other stuff that's yep. that was new to us um yeah and you'll hear it yeah you'll hear it so um, thanks again to to Malcolm Shepard at Green Running, to Troy you at Green Running for helping us and for everything that they've both done for us yeah
1: true friends of the podcast really appreciate and Malcolm we really appreciate once again uh just your spending so much time with us that we had to break this discussion up into two separate i
0: think it's more i think it's more important that we be gracious at the fact that he delayed his watching of picard to um have he didn't delay it.
1: He squeezed us in beforehand well no no, no yeah. well, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> but I, yes i agree he
0: could have just he could have just told us to take a hike that night because that's picard night you know so, i would have yeah, I know you yeah. want That's why I'm yeah. saying we have to yeah. be gracious of the this fact is, that he didn't we, do what we, you or probably I would have done. Yeah, we
1: we, so. we are grateful. And, and before we sidestep for 45 minutes onto Star Trek Picard. We're, yeah, that's we're a, going that's to, another episode. That's, that's another back. episode. It's coming, people. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, let's go over to the second half, part two of our chat with Malcolm Shepard, where um, we just asked him, you know, hey, what what do you think about everything that's been going on? Green Ronin developer-at-large Malcolm Shepard has over 20 years of experience in the RPG industry as a writer, designer, and developer, starting with work on The Mage, The Ascension Line for White Wolf. His other credits include work on Exalted, Shadowrun, Scion, Vampire the Masquerade, numerous Chronicles of Darkness titles, Blue Rose, and Fantasy Age. Now at Green Ronin, His work focuses on the modern age RPG along with other age system works, though he's also developed Orc, the role-playing game, and performed writing and editing duties for the Sword Chronicle RPG. Malcolm lives in Ontario, Canada, and coaches historical fencing, rapiers, and longswords and such on the side.
2: All right, well, okay, so the context is that the OGL has this purpose that is not actually what is written down on paper, but is understood by relatively well-informed people in the industry. Yeah. And the not on paper purpose is it describes the um, it describes the area in which you can work, in which Wizards of the Coast will not take legal action whether it's legitimate or not because Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. truth of the situation is that it doesn't matter how legitimate an action by watsi would be because they will just have uh an order of magnitude more money yeah right to spend Mm -hmm. on any anything like that right yeah so it doesn't matter like these things these documents cannot be understood as magic legalese where like I have used this OGL spell and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Right. right? These are things that are decided in court by judges and judges look at things like prevailing practices in industries. Right. So, um, so the purpose of the OGL was to create that safe Harbor that we Mm -hmm. can work in Mm -hmm. without causing problems, Um, you know, and, Basically, when Wizards decided that they wanted to change that, that meant that the good faith behind that, right, right. which is sometimes phrased as the gentleman's agreement, that went away, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it was like, actually, you can't trust us, right? Yep. Yep. We might do all kinds of crazy things Absolutely. and just do you regardless and all of this stuff. So, you know, that is, that's the root of the panic. Like, it's not... It's not something that's just amenable to whatever the opinions of the theoretical opinions of of folks online or even lawyers online are. Because it comes down, you know, although the opinions of lawyers are certainly more important and more important, but it comes down to what action that corporation is going to take. And once that becomes unreliable, that creates an enormous loss of stability, especially for companies that were all in on business yeah. plans that have to do with that relationship yeah right yeah. so you know i think it's a good idea that that is kind of snapped people awake to the idea that you know all it takes is a change in strategy um in this enormous corporation or even a change in politics i'm uh i actually have hasbro shares and here's my um unsupported suspicion one of the things that happened, um, I think it was last year, was that there was an attempted hostile takeover of the board of Hasbro by uh, an investors group. And part of that that was the investors group saying specifically that they felt that Wizards was mistreated by Hasbro. Um, and that they would take it uh, that they would take over the board and they would give Wizards a place to shine. Wow. So oh, I strongly and but they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I strongly suspect the board is, you know, was highly motivated to do something with it after that point, yeah, right. Um, again, like that is just my off the cuff Mm -hmm. guy who got a package insulting this activist shareholder group throughout from Hasbro, right? Yeah um but it has kind of woken people up i think the orc is a great opportunity it's certainly uh green ornine is involved with it mm-hmm. i can't really tell you we are developing plans for it um yeah. it's not i can't tell you what they are yeah, of course i can assure you that it's more than oh we don't know we'll do something right <laughs> uh there's something coherent but we can't really talk about it right now. yeah of now. course um you this know, is all the, still churning
0: and all that. We wouldn't, yeah. you know, it's, it's organic right now.
2: Yeah. Some of the systems that are being devised are kind of struggling to, you know, struggling with how much of their own identity they should have.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Um, certainly one of the things that it did for us is it had us accelerate plans to make changes to, you know, the Age Creators Alliance, which we do in partnership with Drive Through. Mm-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and this is one thing where um you know troy talked to me and he told me specifically that i could um tell you exactly what changes we were going to make i have the document in front of me and i can tell you (laughs) all about it fire away so uh the first thing is we're going to open up some settings um that means that people can do things for blue rose threefold and cthulhu awakens wow um let me see the list again. As I said, I have it. And if if about... he
1: if Malkin goofs up, he feels that electric shock to the back of the hand, and he knows he's on <laughs> track.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, sorry. There's a lot of yes type, We can go. always
0: we can always do it.
2: If... Sorry, yeah.
0: No, no, no! You can queue us up, and we can always edit it
2: out. So Troy, you may so never hear this. So we've expa- We're going to expand it to compatibility with Blue Rose, Cthulhu Awakens, Fantasy Age, and Modern Age. Wow! Right, yeah. um, we are. You know, we were initially <laughs> overly cautious with new rules content, so we've buffed that up to fifty percent limit.
1: Oh, interesting!
2: Right, mm-hmm. uh, we still don't want rules focal material. Uh mm-hmm. settings of mm-hmm. adventures are what we prefer. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and of course we don't want things that contradict uh yeah. green, green values. So, you right. know, if you are some you know alt-right person who really wants to make some stupid comment about Blue Rose, uh that's gonna disappear. Yeah. Uh yeah. and as it should. Yeah. Yeah, as it should, right? Mm-hmm. And also like all right, uh, podcast better not swear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, it hasn't stopped us before. Yeah, <laughs> A couple of convol... Uh, the other little convolution has to do with Cthulhu Awakens in particular. The ironclad rule we have is you either reference things in the Cthulhu Awakens core book or mm-hmm. you make up entirely new things. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. this is because there are so many things that people think are open that are public domain in the Cthulhu mythos that aren't. Oh, that sure. Aren't. Yeah, You that can't reference
0: sense. other Cthulhu games that are out there. That yeah, so, that makes you sense. Know, mm-hmm. And
2: we're not going to pretend that Call of Cthulhu doesn't exist and isn't the flagship mythos game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to do that, right? And that becomes relevant because a lot of things that have appeared in Lovecraft stories have been elaborated on in Call of Cthulhu um, mm-hmm. and given say specific names.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and mm-hmm. those have been thought of as open as well, and they're not, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. just a lot of weeds and also like why not be creative? Like one of the themes of Cthulhu Awakens is we work entirely with the public domain material. Um, but the idea is that our process is we are expanding and extending and adding to it like the original authors, or like modern authors do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want you to do the same instead of thinking, well, this is the perfect time to convert something that we've seen before. Right. Yeah. So that's a very specific thing. Um, But that is sort of the, the highlight of the, of the big changes that we're, we're trying to implement. Um, There's a, you know, we have some delays. Part of it is staff priority and part of it is on the drive-through side. Because mm-hmm. they are busy, very busy now. That. Um but you know, yeah. we're looking forward to it. Um yeah. I know certainly I hope people pick up some things from Threefold and do some work on it. I love I loved working on that setting. Um I don't think it gets as much and I and
0: again, not indictment. Yeah. Um you know, I grabbed the, the quick start for that sometime back and I referenced it when Jason and I started yeah. doing yeah. some work in I don't think it gets the
2: credit as much as it deserves. I think it does. Well, I, I will know. certainly agree with you. As a <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think part of it, too, is that there was a kind of a timing issue because, um, you know, it came out and then once again, the pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. And that kind of put a kibosh in a lot of the timeliness of support we're going to offer, right? Because we have an adventure book for it, Five and in Infinity i love it um but it took us forever to get it done sure because of things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and because at one point it was very hard to get anything printed um yeah Yeah, we'd been hearing that um you know the cost of shipping containers multiplied um and it wasn't just it wasn't just in asia too right like Mm -hmm. we switched to we switched to printers in, in Europe and, yep. and in the, and, and in the U S and, you know, they, you know, they can't have people, they can't have as many people r- running the line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and it applied to all parts of infrastructure and warehousing and all these things, so many things that we just couldn't do anything about. And mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. that meant that some of our, our plans suffered. I had an I like, i was ready to do a bunch of books for threefold right Right. it was designed for that Um, it was designed to be to feel like to feel like a modern fantasy setting that has already existed for 20 years wow right do you think there's
0: do you think it's still in the docket at some point or um
2: i think if i were to do it again probably as a dedicated rpg Mm-hmm. Okay. certainly with modern age, we're kind of reaching the limit of what we can produce for it as a generic system. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So certainly uh, Cthulhu Awakens represents sort of a development of, of realizing that, right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we kind of made it as far as powers, right. Which we're still looking for a, basically a printing spot for. Um, but it's all, it's written. Um, it's written laid out. Uh-huh. It needs a bit of art and a proof. Yeah. Um we're but once we did that, we're like, well, what are we gonna do now? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two, we have a bunch of books full of options and things like that. And we do have some ideas, like it's not like we're never doing another modern age book, but it certainly will serve as it served just as it served as a seed for the expanse. Um, right. we kind of realized it could serve right. as a seed for other games. So yeah. Cthulhu Awakens kind of came out of that. It was originally a modern age supplement. And then midway through, we thought, you know, it should be its own book. We all originally thought, oh, it'll be a streamlined mini-core book. But then we had so much fun doing it that it ended up being bigger than the modern age core. But, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I know yeah. the salt.
0: Is it the salt I mean, system? Awesome. I think the salt system source book. If, is that yeah. the one I'm thinking that's that's coming out? I think mine's shipping in March, at least unofficially. Yeah. So for the expanse. And so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love you know. Like I said, it was it was so much faster for us to get moving on such a good system. Yeah, with with Modern Age, and we used kind of we used in effect the Expanse Quick Start Adventure. We were looking yeah, for right.
1: a, we wanted a ready made sci fi adventure, so we could give it a
0: shot. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: no, that's perfect. perfect. Yeah, you know, but but tweaked
0: it with some of the Modern Age stuff, so it was like kind of a little mishmash. But um,
2: well, we had a blast that you know? speaks to how yeah it speaks to how great the expanse is certainly it's the kind of it's those experience that we're thinking about it because we have been like noodling ideas for space age uh um, oh do it and well you know <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff right like yeah. this like we we've got all these core books coming right man uh, mm-hmm. season and Cthulhu awakens and fantasy age so uh you know and we're having conversations about blue rose um, oh, wow. right that involves some you know big changes um cool stuff that again has come from everybody contributing to this kind of knowledge base of age mechanics yeah, right yeah So it's funny because in a meeting today, we were like, um, I think Ian was saying, well, um, we were talking about uh, uh, whether or not stunts should get tweaked by level, right? And I said, well, Modern Age Mastery Guide has some stuff for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He goes, oh, great. I'll look in that. So those are the kind of conversations we have. Right. cool.
0: I think what I don't know if I mentioned that before recording, but yeah, you're 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 drinking your own champagne. Yes, yes, you know. Yeah. So, and I think that's cool, and I think this is like a prime time, Mm. not at the expense of any other, but people are looking at different platforms now. Yeah, they 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 kind of got a sour taste in their mouth, you know,
2: and and it's certainly why it's ended up being kind of lucky that it's taken that fantasy age has taken its time because we seem to have stumbled into. Yeah. Into a good time to have a new fantasy RPG.
1: Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's yeah. that's funny too, because
2: Jason, you and mm-hmm.
0: I were talking about that. You know, we're playing in a we're playing in a more realistic spacey, mm-hmm. you know, within a hundred years of current times where, yeah. where we're gaming. Now having something out there where we can leverage the same mechanic in effect, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but play in a high fantasy world or whatever. I yeah. mean Jason picked up a, a book on Netrunner, Android. We've even talked about looking and using the age well, mechanic in that environment too. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I
2: mean, we did do a, we did just do a small cyberpunk supplement.
1: I I spent a lot of time looking at those online. That that's those look gorgeous.
2: I, cyberpunk slice very yeah. well received. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think well I I want to do more more slices right like post apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, urban fantasy all of those things and some mm-hmm. of those things will bring in some systems that we've presented before mm-hmm. uh, but but you know it's there's always going to be new stuff that it's always walking that balance right yeah because we have some great universal mechanics for things but that doesn't mean they can't be refined better for specific implementation so right for example um a lot of the uh augmentation stuff in cyberpunk slice mm-hmm. you could get that from the modern age companion but you have to do a little more work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and we also added some new systems to interlock so you can play an entirely synthetic character with cyberpunk slice if you want Yeah, it's right? so cool yeah and we have systems for that because you know like it's the 21st century like you absolutely want to play in Motoko Kusanagi if you, if it, if it catches your fancy, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we have, we, we have leaned so much further into transhumanism. Yep. And the general understanding of how computer computers work. That yep. sparks the imagination. Yep. And, uh, and that actually got me too, because I was thinking of, well, what else can we do with this? And it's like, what do people like? They like fantasy cyberpunk games. They always like the fantasy cyberpunk games. Right. So, and I've always been resistant to that because, you know, there is a market leader in Shadowrun, run and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, okay. I don't want to do anything that is just kind of like Shadowrun, run, but you know, cause where's the, where's the creative interest in that? but yeah. Yeah. I hit on something the other day. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I found, I found a way to do a fantasy cyberpunk take that is not going to be like shatter. <laughs> and, uh, interesting. And it's a secret right now, but I'm, I'm hoping to do something with it. Uh, well, now it's another, that's another book. So... Yeah. That's another book. It might be a game. Yeah. It right. It might be a supplement. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. who knows I mm-hmm. like personally, this is not, this is not a green or nean position, but, what I would love to do is I would love to do lots of setting focused age games. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like fifth season, mm. like the expansion, like Cthulhu awakens, but getting more, you know, certainly mm. with a balance between licensed and mm. what we develop. Nice. Right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think the interesting thing to do is to do more things like, like blue Rose and threefold and things like that and wed mm-hmm. them to the system and mm-hmm. use that in interesting ways yeah. so one of the things i want to increasingly do with the setting is um is develop a strong premise and then say what are all the weird things that happen because of this premise right yeah yeah um because that is kind of like, well it's a classic it's it's the classic way you do speculative fiction right and it was one of the things in threefold, actually, was that I really wanted to do kind of a a portal fantasy version of Planet of Hats, Star Trek episodes, getting back to Star Trek. All so, is... you, know what, you know what I mean by Planet of Hats? No. Okay. It's when you go to, it's it's the classic Star Trek episode where you go to a planet and the planet has this one weird thing about it. Yeah. The story revolves around this one weird thing. Yeah. Jim, these people are all wearing hats. They're looking <laughs> at us funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. No Perhaps they've never seen a hatless man before. It intrigues them. Perhaps it enrages them. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. that's that's the planet of hats scenario, right? Nice. So I wanted to do that like so I uh I wanted a lot of threefold to functionally be like that, where okay. you are going to this alternate earth. Or magical plane, or another yeah. yeah, yeah. world, and there is a specific speculative type problem that's not necessarily rooted in science. It can be rooted in you know the other weird powers that we have, yeah. free, right? And you go in and you solve that problem. And I think that's among other and among other things, one of the hints of that is that the you know default player character faction threefold all have fancy badges and distinct colors representing yeah. their branch makes sense which gets back to my frustrated desire to work on the star trek idea <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
0: little subtle yeah hey, i know we'll... <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of star trek and synth i think you you have you uh, got to go watch yeah mm-hmm. there's there, to keep it time now, to keep a time agnostic since i always yes, tend to yes. break the well you role. know we
2: we've, we've gotten a good hour in uh, i think i've earned right. my my star trek pickard
1: Mm-hmm. John so, Luck Pickard, you got it.
2: Yeah, with featuring John Luck Pickard. Yeah. Malcolm, thank you're gonna you be, so you're much gonna for much yeah.
0: to You're gonna be <laughs> so pissed when the Enterprise do something, dude. So, <laughs> so Oops, did I spoil it?
1: Yeah, now I gotta put the explicit on. That's alright. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm was behaving so well too, and you ruined it. Yeah, thank, I think, ruined thank it. Now you've you made
2: an enemy for life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, yeah, we gotta have you yeah. we
1: gotta
0: have you back once toward, you know, better part of the year once uh, you know
1: well, after Picard awakens. Over. After, after Picard, Picard is over, we'll over. figure out together a way to get you into the into the the license uh, and then <laughs> then we'll have repaid our debt. Oh Man, no, that's true. all
2: on me. I should probably just write Modiphius or something or they're, they're the well, ones, that did, aren't they? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, we've we've had Jim Johnson, the the program developer, on a number of times. He's a great guy, mm-hmm. and he's, I mean, he's 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 just he's super receptive to people.
2: <laughs> well, you know, um, after all that moaning, uh, who knows if I'll even have the time? But thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess uh, I guess this is a Jew, and um, I, you know. Call me up to chat anytime. It's always we, a we good time. Yeah.
1: Carl, thank you so much for being back. We really
0: appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me
1: again. Good to see you. Thanks,
2: Malcolm. Cheers.
0: We never ask for and never get really teasers from anyone, but Malcolm, mm-hmm. you know, we know something's coming now just based off of what we've talked about. Right. So right. I'm very curious to see what, um, green ronin has in store and i know um just based off of the conversation that we had um just this whole open licensing initiative yeah that's out there Mm -hmm. i think we've we've talked about how an unfortunate circumstance like the pandemic really kind of start kind of jump-started a new yeah era of gaming yeah i'm just wondering you know just based off of what we hear, like Malcolm's personal opinions on all of this. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. are we, are we entering a new age hmm. of open gaming? Just based off of how all of these companies are coming together. You know, you it, look at the list yeah. of like the Orc license Alliance, the you know, it's and massive. And it's most of massive. the big players are there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: you know, I think, I mean, it's it's about, to me, it's about, it's part of the ongoing democratization of knowledge that we yes. see in the world, and it was, it's been coming for a long time, and, and now it's like, okay, we are increasingly democratizing information, we are beginning to democratize education, and now we're talking about, I mean, it's a little kitschy maybe, but democratizing play Mm yeah and i I just i i don't know i i i don't know i mean we're gonna have to see right green ronin's announcement whatever it's gonna be is is gonna be out approximately around the time this episode drops so as we're recording we don't know what's coming Mm -hmm. um i don't know brad i i'm looking forward to seeing where this all goes no matter what happens
0: yeah i'm i'm actually there's a number of reasons i'm excited is 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 how is to watch how this plays out yeah um and then specifically uh what green green running's plans are yep and ultimately we'll talk about this in a little bit just mm-hmm. from personal perspective what we're going to see with um fantasy age 2 fantasy age 2nd mm-hmm. edition that's right and um the age mechanic so yeah.
1: which lends itself better than most to even a partially open mentality.
0: I, you know, and I don't, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just, I, I like something fresh and different. I don't, there's not really any game out there on my shelf. As many as there are that I, that I don't, that I haven't enjoyed reading or learning about. Oh, Um, no. But what I have found is after us working on some of the stuff we're working on with modern age, um, the idea of playing high fantasy Mm -hmm. using an alternate system than what we've used to Mm -hmm. something different yep and using fantasy using i i've pondered the idea of using you know fantasy age we've talked about it then all of a sudden when we found out that second edition was coming out um (laughs) now now i'm like oh that's i mean i think i even for Troy, i think i even emailed him and said hey how many books are there coming out at launch? Because I need to budget for it. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you know what? At least you're being honest with yourself and others. Oh, I'm. I'm more than I. The first, what is it? The, the first step is recognizing you have a problem, and I have a problem. Hello, a full my booksh- name's Brad,
1: I'm, and I have a problem. Yeah,
0: I have a full bookshelf, and it, and and I really haven't removed a lot. So I did no. parse through yep. and remove stuff, but um, between picking hmm. up um, the Expanse materials. Yeah. Um, i do have their the new Sol system i think it's a salt system yep. resource book that's, that's coming right. out yeah, next. You,
1: yeah you I, don't have that yet right
0: no it's coming out i think later this month mm-hmm. um
1: but yeah, i have it on pre-order one.
0: Mm-hmm. um and i oh there's other stuff but that's there's that's
1: so much discussion. other stuff but no to your point um to your point i don't think either of us has encountered any game we haven't simply enjoyed going through and um you know green ronin takes uh occupies an increasingly uh prominent position on both of our shelves
0: well yeah and and i'll be honest the introduction to the age system for me was really fantasy age because i yep. saw you know, let's be honest. There, there are there are well-known people playing Fantasy Age. Well, um,
1: Will, Will Whedon's yes. *Titan's Grave*. I remember when we were just starting to talk about the possibility of this podcast. Mm-hmm. You had pointed me in that direction. You're like, "There's, there's this this mechanic, this game called Fantasy Age. He's using that system. It's a and, and I, you know, I I watched the videos and and you know didn't really know enough at the time. And now now I'm kind of tempted, honestly, of going back and watching titan's grave Mm -hmm. just to hear i think sam and
0: some other folks are yeah and yeah and um what's funny is i think from a personal growth perspective in this realm i have come to find how cool all these different mechanics are that 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 we did not honestly have any exposure to before we started doing this none um and and you know what if he's d2d 20 system as an mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. and then the age 3d6 system
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you know i think i said it if i recall i said it during when we talked with malcolm the I, the ability for us to generate characters and use um as part of the expanse quick start the um adventure we haven't finished yet. We just started. Yeah, but yeah. getting our characters ready took, what, an hour? I mean, that was really slick. It was that really was fast. Really,
1: and it was fun. And yes. and I think, and maybe this is a good place to wrap before we transition. But yeah. I think, and we, we said this a little bit, I think, when we were chatting with Malcolm. Did but it? I know you and I have talked I so. about, you and I have, yeah, we, but you and I have talked about this more so that character creation between the two of us wasn't just fun, but... There were aha moments throughout it where we kept saying, "Oh, that's neat. and And that is, and that was our like our first time through creating a character out of the core yeah. rule book. And I don't know that I've ever had ever had that experience the first time I've created a character in a system because, you know, you know the deal, everyone knows the deal. You're hopping all around. You're looking, you're going back to chapters. And with modern age, it was just so sequential.
0: Things just made sense as we were going. Well, I think Malcolm said, and it, and it must be, yeah. and I, I should, I'm speaking out of turn. It's maybe a culture thing. he said he doesn't like session zeros. Yeah. Um. And I get it because yep. we didn't really even have a session zero. We had a halftime zero. I mean, literally it was. <laughs> it there was were no very...
1: performances. I mean, we should be clear about
0: that. Yeah, but. But yeah, it was it was very easy mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: to do and it was fun. Not that it isn't fun to create characters in other systems. It was just it was just really fun to go through yeah. the material and do it. Very, very well written. I almost think that I need to stop calling it the GM corner and more like the GM library just based off of the increasing amount of of shelf space, yeah, that I am utilizing. Yeah, because um, candle
1: keeps already taken by a publisher, right? Yeah, we can't call ourselves that. Okay. No, we can't call it. No, <laughs>
0: no. But I mean, you work in academia, so I would think you could probably come up with some really cool, academically oriented term if we ever wanted to rename it. You know, let's head on over to the Dyson Mind uh, I GM don't know. Library or whatever. They're right, right. So there that's an assignment poly, for us. A
1: metaphoric polyhedral holodeck book place. <laughs> I think terrible. we just named it. That's terrible. Okay. What what do you okay. have? So I got I got two
0: things, <laughs> okay. and one of them I think we're gonna piggyback off each other. This one I yeah. I have had, I read through some of it. It's been sitting on my desk here. I'm not down at my desk all that often because yeah. I'm not working in this area right now. Mm-mm. But I'm gonna put the book up. I'm not Shading my screen, so it's going to come in reverse. But I want to just see what your action is going to be when I show you this. Okay, Brad has a holding up. This is a book that is based It is 5e compatible, okay, and it is a fantasy role playing setting.
1: Oh, look at that. He, wait, let me see the bottom of that. Does it just uh, Oz a fantasy role playing setting by? Is it it by? is
0: by Andrew Cope, who also did a fantasy role-playing setting for uh, Alice in Wonderland. And Andrew, I would, you know, if by some slim chance you ever listen to this episode. Um, and As we one of our
1: thousands of listeners. No yeah, and, and if
0: we haven't bugged you already or you haven't, and if you haven't put out a restraining order on us yet, um, I'd love to have you come in and talk because. because oh, yeah, so tell so, us about this. Okay, so real briefly i grew up you and i've been talking about Trek. the other thing that i spent a lot of time i you know you and i both are voracious readers you more so now than me these days but um i read through all of the original al frank baum Oz books really when i was in grade school all 14 of them and then there are um, 14 there are 14
1: tells you how little i know about any of this
0: and then um another woman who really became like the i don't know the exact terminology or the exact relationship but she became in effect the caretaker of the oz sure story Ruth Plumley thompson was her name okay and i read about 10 of hers and there have been subsequent books written i don't know if i think there might be still here and there um but i've always been fascinated and i found why this came up is um i was looking for something to do some like retro reading like i did when i was younger and for 99 cents there was a Kindle set of the original fourteen oh, cool. us books. Okay, and up came the um, this, and it's and it's done by Andrews McNeil Publishing, which also oh. is the publishing group that does uh, Zweihandler. Zweihandler.
1: Okay, okay, and
0: I think that might have been a connection. And I yeah. saw this, and I started researching it, and it is really I haven't dug too deep into it yet, but really it's focused on Emerald City.
1: Okay. and That's holding up a map. Yep. Okay. Yeah, holding up a map of a uh-huh.
0: city. And, um, you know, you can choose different types of characters and they sit within like a cowardly type alliance lion daughters of the rainbow. Um, you know, there are NPCs for Glinda and for the scarecrow. Um, there's all sorts of stuff for someone who, you know, I'm, I'm not an Oz maniac, but I grew up reading the books. Yeah. And I thought it would be a fun read and maybe someday. Um, but what I've read about reviews is that it's it's a really good game for um, 5e to get, obviously, the younger generations in.
1: Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting?
0: So that's one. More on that. But the bigger yeah. thing that, that was going on this week, the only reason I brought that up now is because you were in town this past week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about that another time. But mm-hmm. I didn't even bring that book up because we were so busy. Yeah. Um, fair enough. We got um we got a really cool email recently we got a really cool email from troy greener um we're not gonna give away super detail but we got preview materials for uh fantasy age second edition
1: we we did indeed and and when brad says preview materials brad means the preview edition of the rulebook for fantasy age second edition and we're not we're not at liberty Uh, as this drops to say much about it other than our impressions.
0: Yeah. And what else Malcolm did, I believe mention that because he mentioned the Mm -hmm. fact that as Mm -hmm. they've worked through this, they've taken what they've learned from the expanse from blue rose, from other, you know, um, modern age. And some of the stuff we'll see in here, you know, and I think some of the stuff they'll talk about at the start is how you will see what they've learned and yeah. dynamics and stunts and things and things that they learn in other books and how they are integrating them into second edition
1: i was surprised to see that they've updated the mechanic
0: to a 10d6 yeah i was i was really surprised at the 1d3 roles that we had were, <laughs> right right you know? really,
1: no we're we're kidding people it's it's yeah. still the same beautiful system you've come to know and love uh, but and, yeah, I, and I will said. say
0: like i said we can't we can't go into a lot of detail mm-hmm. it's written as well as prior materials and i've always been a big fan of how they how they write their content because it feels like mm-hmm. to me it's something that if nobody's ever played the game before i could see someone grabbing the book opening the book yeah. and then yes. reading through it with everyone and talking through it and being engaged it's a very I, the materials like immediately feels like you can apply it in a group, and I don't know how yeah. to explain that well. No, it's but... it, it's like we
1: were saying earlier in this episode in terms of our session zero, right? Of just being able to do this, and I'm just I'm just flipping through the PDF right now, and you know, uh, the it's it's just lovely because um, the artwork's all here. It's just it's so readable. So like I compare it to to the first fantasy age rulebook to modern age to the expanse even to the fifth season um i think this might be the most visually clean accessible elegantly laid out of all of them so far
0: yeah and the artwork in here i really is like really it. well done i mean if you go to page 15 um <clears throat> the first thing i thought on page 15 was like it is like a spitting image of you
1: Okay, hold on. I'm scrolling to page fifteen. Oh, I think I know what this is going to be.
0: Yeah, it's the dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I could have gone with page seventeen. I'm I'm not even going to go there.
1: So, okay. but oh but, wait, but, no, you
0: got to go to page
1: nineteen. Oh no, I'm ignoring you. Now. No, no, go to page nineteen. No, we're 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 muting you now. No,
0: no, no, page nineteen.
1: Okay, hold on. We're going to page nineteen. We're going to page nineteen. Um halflings right <laughs> yeah yeah it's oh, you know we're we're so we're, a, we're a family friendly podcast <laughs> so i'm not gonna say anything but uh but i mean i really you know with all these images right um like i mean like we've talked about see that's really nice i'm just looking we've talked about this stuff like i it went with when it comes to fantasy i like much of what D puts out from wizards in terms of images, although, of course, their books really vary. Um, Paizo, as much as I appreciate the first and second editions of Pathfinder, um, I still find Paizo's imagery to be too frequently overly sexualized. I just do I still think to me it just feels too misogynistic. Um, excuse me, I think this new fantasy age second edition, um, I, I really like the artwork. It's like, this is where this is where where we should be going. Brad is Brad is having a hard time. i watching him, and like
0: the eyes I just are found squinting. another picture that's more you, but I'll yeah. leave. we've already passed by. Yeah, we passed, we, by we that. passed that. But if you a get a chance, you can ago. look at page forty because that just, I mean, that reminds me of you. Go to page forty.
1: I'm looking. Well, I mean, before I lost the weight.
0: <laughs> yeah oh, you did look at it
1: yeah um but i but Jeanette, i mean we're making yeah. we're making jokes no, no jokes at, aside apparently you're... my expense but still the you... the the artwork is it's it's a little it it's really well used and it's really like finally a a high concept fantasy game where i i could leave this open to any page and if my girl saw it it would be oh, like isn't that's... that cool
0: you mentioned that very thing a number of times in the past, and that's become kind of a litmus test for me. Me too. When I look at the material, yep, um, for any book, and and a lot of the material comes out here. But I, when I look through what we're going to see, yep, um, in second edition, um, I'd have no problem with, you know, my daughter looking at this. There's nothing in there that would, um, I think, be offensive offensive absolutely not and i think that goes with with the culture green ronin you know just yeah, based off really of not. what you've heard with us with malcolm and the times that he spent on the show you know um yeah. it they you know it's a game that you know most games all games really should be able to be played regardless of um who you mm-hmm. are and how you identify that's exactly um, right yeah so and there's and and this game is and I think, in all honesty, in many ways, you know, there I can think of a few games, you know, 2D20 is one of them, Modern Age is another, that, um, yep. you know, when I get up there to visit, I think we could sit down and actually just whip out a couple characters and play just for the heck of it. And actually yeah. see if one of your daughters would actually play, because I sure as heck can't get my kids no, to even get near no. me. No, I, I,
1: so. I, you know, we had, I had a, a run of a, a pretty good run of a, of a couple of years with them. Uh, where when I when we you and I were getting back into this and um, and you know I got them playing a bit got their cousins playing a bit uh, that ship has sailed as it as yeah it were, the kids but that's are
0: okay. yeah I mean my you know I think yours are very similar to mine focusing on school on work yeah. Yeah. on social activities I
1: was just on having lives which yeah. you know neither of us ever mastered yeah <laughs> no,
0: I mean come on we're both we're we're both at our we're both at the cusp of fifty and. We still haven't quite figured that out yet.
1: Oh, I, I um, stop bothering. Yeah, no, but but back to the back to the game. I, I we we will say I think for now it, it looks really good. Kudos to everybody at Green Ronin. It it uh, kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier for this episode, Brad. It it could be a lot of fun to simply play Fantasy Age, 2-E, just actually play Fantasy Age, right? Um, not try to reinvent the wheel.
0: And I think it'll be fair to say that. There will be material in the book that will help you understand the difference between the the versions.
1: Yeah, right up front, they explain it.
0: And if if it plays out the way it will, I think mm-hmm. um, the stuff that we're going to see released as an update to the original yeah. makes it all the more compelling. And um, yeah, I'm actually, and and again, we we got a PDF preview copy. We aren't getting anything else no, free. No. We don't. We don't ask for, we're not offered anything. These are just oh. our personal opinions. Yep. I'm very excited to read it. I really am. The yeah. the final version of it.
1: Yeah, you know. I I so. it, it it would be hard not to buy this one. Yeah. And I and, and that's not particularly difficult for me, not buying things, right? i well, more I'm, so I'm, than
0: me, but but yeah. Oh, you know, well,
1: I'm better about, I mean I'm I'm more selective in a sense of I'm cheaper right but but i look at this and it's like yeah i it, because it would be fun to read it together well
0: you, you you and i there there are certain dice mechanics that yeah that resonate with us obviously yeah, yeah. you know d20 yep 5e right yep yep um 2d20 narrative yep. system
1: narrative um, narrative, the genesis, the genesis narrative Yep. still a sucker um, for that
0: yep and and you know really 3d6 is up there now with us as well so
1: well because again it's just from back in the day of of right of playing the d6 system from Mm -hmm. west end uh yeah that 3d6 really uh and then you then you add the mods and you add the stunts Mm -hmm. and and it just goes back to that whole notion of you know this is simulating real life but but in a fun somewhat cinematic way
0: yeah, and that's jumping to modern age. That idea. Well, this is, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Just something as simple as are you going to be gritty, pulpy, or cinematic when you design a game within the yep. modern age universe? How cool is that? That's just, cool. yep. Yeah. So,
1: all right, everybody, you know the deal. Thanks as always for being with us. <laughs> oh, take a look oh. at it.
0: Never mind. I'm kidding.
1: Oh, boy. So, in two weeks, it'll just be me, Brad leaving the <laughs> podcast. All right. <laughs> Be well, stay well, we will see you in a couple weeks.